0: despite all the evidence of why I should, despite all the, you know, family history, et cetera, et cetera, I knew I was never going to quit smoking. Like, that was pretty much it. And then this miracle comes along, and I quit smoking.
1: Jennifer Bergman Coleman is not talking about a pill or a patch or a smoking cessation plan. She's talking about vaping, or specifically, juuling.
2: Juuling's a high-tech way to inhale nicotine without burning tobacco like a regular cigarette. And this is how Juul says its product is supposed to work, getting addicted smokers like Jennifer to finally quit.
1: But along the way, Juul got a lot bigger than that, taking off not just with smokers, but with teenagers. It became a social media sensation. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's Donnie Smokes, coming back at you guys with another video today. So in this video today, what we got is how to make your experience with the Juul better.
2: Many of these videos look like they were made by someone underaged. So people have started to worry teens were getting addicted to nicotine, many of whom had never smoked before.
3: It is a, an adolescent public health crisis happening before our eyes in real time. And no one is doing
1: anything fast enough to stop it. Parents like Meredith Berkman, but also doctors and regulators, have begun drawing up the battle lines. They believe something has to be done now to get Juul out of the hands of their children. And the blowback is about to be fierce.
2: Hi, I'm Pia Gadkari. And
1: I'm Olivia Zaleski.
2: And this week on Decrypted, as part of our special season, we're exploring the unintended consequences of technology. And we're talking about Juul. The company says it only ever wanted to help adults quit smoking. Instead, it set off a teen sensation over vaping.
1: But regulators and parents like Meredith aren't buying it. Investigators want to know, was the company marketing to teens on purpose? And critics are calling for vaping products to be pulled from the market to stop them from falling into the hands of underage users.
2: That has customers like Jennifer up in arms because they say that by helping them quit smoking, Juul has essentially saved their lives. Stay with us. Juul has been around for some time. The idea first originated in 2005. Adam Bowen and James Monzies, two Stanford graduate students, were both addicted smokers, and they used to swap business ideas on smoke breaks between classes. One day they landed on an idea to disrupt big tobacco, and eventually they came up with what we see today, a pen-like device with a pod or cartridge filled with a tobacco-infused liquid. Users suck on the pen,
1: which causes the pod to heat delivering a powerful blast of nicotine into the lungs and then straight to the inhalant's brain. Pods first came in flavors like cool mint and creme brulee. Adam and James named their product Jewel, because it conjured up the image of a rare gemstone. A jewel is also a unit of energy.
2: In June of 2015, Adam and James launched their product to the masses with a now infamous marketing campaign.
1: It was full of bright colors and models looking like college students, Many were wearing Letterman jackets and crop tops and high ponytails. And the campaign appeared mainly on Instagram. But still, the company says Juul was always meant for adults, and more specifically, addicted cigarette smokers. And that's how Jennifer began using it. Hey, Jennifer. Hi. Hi. You've never been here before, right? No. Okay. this is Bloomberg. Welcome. Um, I first met Jennifer this summer after I had connected with the American Vaping Association. On a sunny Saturday morning, Jennifer came over to Bloomberg's San Francisco office on the piers, and we sat and chatted about her struggles with nicotine addiction, which started at an early age.
0: The time I smoked my first cigarette, I was probably 10 years old. I became a daily smoker probably somewhere between 15 and 16. I probably was close to a pack a day,
1: maybe a half a pack, a pack a day when I was in high school. Jennifer is actually a nurse, and she's a mother of two teenagers herself. And she wasn't the only one in her family who smoked. Jennifer's father is a chain smoker, and his smoking has caused him to have both his legs amputated. That had a profound effect on Jennifer, but she really couldn't
0: quit. People think, oh, it's just so easy to quit. It's such a dirty habit. Just quit, you know, and it's not that simple. I tried everything. I tried the patches. I tried the gum. I tried the patches together with the gum. I tried the medications. I tried chewing on toothpicks and hard candy, you know, all the things they tell you to do.
2: Eventually, she tried vaping. At some point, I just kind of thought, well, I should maybe give this a try. A single Juul pod contains as much nicotine as a pack of 20 regular cigarettes. This is... Probably the closest thing
0: that you would get to drawing on a cigarette, where you inhale it into your mouth, then
1: into your lungs. Jennifer says this gives her a nicotine fix without smelling like cigarettes and experiencing that social stigma of smoking. She also believes it's a lot better for her.
0: One day I just kind of knew I was done. I had a couple cigarettes left and I threw them away. I was like,
2: okay, I'm done. It took about a year or so for sales of Juul's vaping devices to pick up.
1: The company showed me a chart of its sales, and there's a point in about late 2016 when the bars on the chart just begin to rise a lot. By January 2017, Juul says sales were up 627 percent, and it was emerging as one of the most significant players in the e-cigarette market. And the product was going pretty viral. Juuling had become a verb. It was a sensation on social media. Everyone one of my school jewels, and if you don't know what a jewel is, it's like this little black vape thing you describe. It's basically just vaping, and you get super buzzed off of it. How
4: to jewel. How to jewel in school? <laughs> how to jewel for the first time. Alright, let's check it out. Jewel sesh. Think this is the jewel. Damn, how the f- are your clouds so big? How are your ghosts so milky? More 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 tips with the jewel. Like, actually, I kinda wanna take another hit.
0: This is pretty good. This is the, I haven't hit this in a minute so.
1: These are just a few of the hundreds of videos online of teens and young 20-somethings talking about how much they love Juul.
2: And this was the problem. Juul says it designed its product for people like Jennifer, who used it to kick her cigarette habit. But its explosion in sales wasn't just coming from smokers looking to quit.
1: Last year, 36 percent of high school students said they had tried vaping, according to a report from the University of Michigan.
2: Reports from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say that electronic cigarettes are the most commonly used tobacco product among high school students. That's a pretty scary prospect for a lot of parents with teenage kids. Many parents now
3: find themselves completely consumed with, unfortunately, what is arguably the most pressing American public health issue,
1: certainly for kids. That's Meredith Berkman. She's a mom in New York City. Meredith has four children. Her older kids are already in their teens. Meredith says she doesn't think her own kids vape, but over the last year, she and two other moms she knows started hearing a lot more about it. Individually, we had all heard a
3: little bit of bits and pieces about e-cigarettes, vaping. Maybe we'd heard about juuling, but we really didn't know much about it. We knew it was something we should learn about, but it really wasn't on um, on our radar.
1: Meredith and her concerned friends started doing a bit of research. They started reading articles online, and then they moved to reading academic studies. And Meredith said the next thing she knew, they were contacting experts, because what they were discovering was really alarming.
3: We all three came to the realization that it was something so important that we had better um, join you know, a, pa- a parent's education and advocacy group out there so we could educate ourselves and potentially educate others who knew even less than we did. And then there was this moment uh,
1: of realization that there was not such a group that existed. In March, Meredith started Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes, or PAVE, with those two other moms to advocate against Jewel and other e-cigarette companies. Cave has a website that educates parents and organizes events at schools to give parents and members of the media information on vaping. Meredith says her biggest fear is that vaping is going to have negative health consequences further down the line and that the technology is so new that its impact hasn't been fully understood yet.
3: Look, people have said to us, well, this is not the opioid crisis and no one is going to die and this is not Mothers Against Drunk Driving and, you know, God forbid, right? But the reality is we don't know. I'm not a public health expert, but I am a mom of four kids. And I know an important issue that affects my children and other women's children, other people's children, when I see one. And so, you know, we're sort of accidental public health care advocates.
2: So it's true, these products are very new, but there's a chorus of experts who say juuling poses clear health risks to teenagers. And that's because every jewel pod contains so much nicotine. There's plenty
4: of evidence showing that nicotine is very harmful to the developing brain.
1: That's Dr. Bonnie halpern Falscher, a developmental psychologist and professor at Stanford in the Division of Adolescent Medicine and Pediatrics. Bonnie studies how environmental factors influence adolescent decision-making around nicotine products.
4: The developing brain basically continues until somebody is in their mid-20s. So you take somebody who's 16, they have a brain that's still malleable. It's still plastic, so to speak. It's still developing.
1: Bonnie explained to me that two important things are happening in the teenage brain. First, there's a process called pruning going on. Bonnie says that's the brain shedding away parts it doesn't need anymore. And the second process is called myelinization. That's a process in which a sheath is created over a neuron to make it work or fire better. Bonnie says that because these processes happen during adolescence, teens have an easier time becoming deeply addicted to
4: nicotine. It hijacks the pleasure rewards of the brain and the body says, I like this and I'm going to change. And your brain actually changes to accommodate and to take in that nicotine. And because it's addictive, there are
1: consequences for people whose brains are exposed to too much nicotine. Specifically, it creates withdrawal symptoms and the feeling of needing more and more nicotine.
2: For teenagers who were never smokers in the first place, Juul has been accused of pulling in young users with its high nicotine content and effectively turning them into customers for life.
4: People, young people who are using Juul today never planned on smoking a cigarette. So this so-called harm reduction That's not the question with young people. Young people, it's fresh air versus vapes.
1: On top of this, e-cigarettes are still so new to the market that we don't yet know what other health risks could come up down the line. So a lot of parents like Meredith have focused their attention on restricting access, including cracking down on Juul's flavored
2: pods. Juul currently sells eight flavors. Two of these, Virginia tobacco and classic tobacco, taste almost like cigarettes. The other six are mango, cucumber, menthol, mint, fruit, and cream. And
1: Meredith feels it's just no coincidence at all that some of Juul's flavors taste almost like candy. And we also know from emerging research that kids who,
3: who begin Juuling are 3.8, almost four times more likely to begin smoking conventional cigarettes than non-Juuling kids. If this were really just solely a smoking cessation device, why would you want flavors? Why would you want to hook people to the flavors? So that's how I would answer that. We are not interested in banning the jewel for adults. But what we're interested in doing is closing the loophole.
1: Many of the health advocates and doctors I've spoken to feel the same way. If the flavors of the pods weren't so sweet and tasty, maybe teenagers wouldn't find vaping as appealing.
2: The debate over flavors cuts to the heart of the controversy surrounding Juul. One camp says a medical device shouldn't need to market itself as delicious, just effective. The other side says addicts need the flavors to quit. Like Jennifer. She said the
1: flavors made it easy to start using the product when every other smoking cessation device just felt like a chore.
0: Upwards of somewhere between 85 and 89 percent of people said that the flavors, the avail- availability of flavors were the key element in getting them to quit smoking. And the availability of those are a very important part of how people quit.
1: So that's the case for flavoring. and Because it worked for Jennifer, she became an activist. She worked with the American Vaping Association to advocate against regulation. And she's not alone. When we met Jennifer, she said she had joined about 50 vaping groups on Facebook alone. And she's found a large community on other social networks like Instagram. She's part of a pro-vaping movement.
2: Meanwhile, Meredith and scores of other parents across the country had set up their own advocacy groups. And four sets of parents were lining up to sue the company, arguing that its flavors were hooking their kids. But as this battle was playing out, a larger threat to Juul was forming. It was coming from cities, states, and the federal government itself.
3: America's largest e-cigarette maker is under fire this morning. One state now investigating whether Juul markets to teenagers after a series of lawsuits accusing the company of trying to hook teens. State Attorney General Maura Healy's office has launched an investigation into a Juul e-cigarette maker. The Attorney General held a news conference early-
2: The first investigations came from state regulators in Massachusetts. They were asking questions about the sale of Juul's flavors, as well as the company's early marketing campaigns. Mississippi's Attorney General Jim Hood is also asking questions.
1: Then, over the summer, in the company's hometown of San Francisco, voters resoundingly supported a ban on flavored tobacco products.
2: All of this was happening right after Juul hit one of the biggest milestones there is for a startup— it raised $1.2 billion from tech investors to fund the next stage of the company's growth. And according to those negotiations, Jewel was said to be worth $15 billion.
1: It was June and I had just started covering Jewel, And this funding round was shocking. It's just so much money. And to put those numbers in perspective, it meant investors thought Jewel was as valuable as Lyft, the ride-hailing company, or twice as much as Slack a mobile messaging platform.
2: Yet this company's products had only been on the market for three years. In June,
1: Juul said it had captured 68 percent of the U.S. e-cigarette business. This is especially impressive if you consider that e-cigarettes are generally thought to be the future of the regular cigarette market, which brought in about $105 billion in the U.S. last year.
2: Through the summer, Silicon Valley was buzzing with talk about Juul. The company seemed poised for a continued growth surge.
1: Despite the probe in Massachusetts and lawsuits from parents, most people I was talking to expressed confidence that the company would move past these hurdles.
2: And the culture in Silicon Valley has in the past been very encouraging of companies that push the limits of existing regulation. Like, that's the approach companies like Uber took. And for a time, that was considered to be a smart strategy. Then in September,
1: the real bombshell hit.
4: The Food and Drug Administration says it is preparing to launch a campaign to discourage teens from using e-cigarettes. The FDA is also investigating the marketing strategies and impact of several vaping products, including the most popular e-cigarette, Juul.
1: Federal regulators. The American Food and Drug Administration's commissioner, Scott Gottlieb, sent Juul and four other e-cigarette companies a scathing letter.
2: He gave e-cigarette companies 60 days to submit, quote, robust plans for how they'll stop teens from using their products. And this was a big reversal because only last year, the FDA decided that e-cigarette companies didn't have to submit products for review until 2022.
1: Then, in early October, the FDA said it collected more than a 1,000 pages of documents from Juul's offices in an unannounced on-site inspection. The company, for its part, says that teen use has never been allowed and that bad actors are the ones who are responsible for selling Jewel to kids.
5: There's a lot of, of unauthorized illegal reselling on other marketplaces with no age verification. That's Ashley Gold, Juul's chief
1: administrative officer and the executive who has been at the forefront of defending Juul publicly. What she's saying here is a critical part of Jewel's defense. Teens really shouldn't be able to get a hold of this product in the first place. Ashley said teens are buying jewels and jewel pods from law-breaking vape shops and these online resellers. Think eBay, Alibaba, Amazon, and even Walmart.com.
5: We have a technological solution where we scrape the internet every day and send automated cease and and desist letters to these online marketplaces. The people who are posting are trying to make it not look like they're selling our product. So sometimes we see they'll add you know, an E at the end, or at, they'll add a dollar sign, or they'll try to make it so that whatever systems these online marketplaces put in place to say you can't post jewel product, that they somehow get around it.
1: And here's what happens when someone buys product directly from Jewel's website. The company checks the buyer's age by matching the credit card details to public records. You also have to take a picture of yourself holding your government ID, which must also match the government
2: databases. But the company is going to have to do more than that to satisfy the FDA and angry parents.
1: I asked Ashley about whether Juul has a plan and what it looks like. She said the company is exploring a technological solution to the problem. The idea is that each e-cigarette would be linked to a smartphone. People using Juul would have to prove through an app on their smartphone that they're of age to use the product. And this would make it harder for an underage person to use Juul illegally. If
5: you are an underage user and somebody of age purchased the product for you and gave it to you, then maybe 30 days later the device stops working. In order to reactivate it, you have to go through our online age verification process through an app. So that in order to reactivate the device, you have to prove to us that you're of age to use it. I think that that technology could be revolutionary. Olivia, it
2: basically sounds like Juul is putting a tracking device into its product.
1: Yeah, but maybe that's a good thing to stop teens from using. When Ashley Gold described the technology to me, I thought, well, if Juul is really serious about cutting back on teen use, this maybe could work.
2: The question is whether the U.S. government will allow them to do it. Juul said the product requires pre-approval from the FDA, and the agency might be unwilling to let them launch a whole new product in the U.S.,
1: Yeah, I get the sense they're not quite sure if Jewel had bad intentions or not and whether it deliberately tried to appeal to a younger audience through its ad campaigns and those sweet flavors.
5: But we understand that those ads reflect the colors and a lifestyle sort of image that is really not consistent with our messaging. And it's not something, frankly, that we would launch today. But that doesn't mean that the company had bad intentions.
2: So, Olivia, because this is the unintended consequences season of Decrypted, I think we have to stop and ask, is this situation that jewels in, with all its appeal to teenagers, is it truly unintended?
1: You know, it's hard to to say, but what we do know is that when the company was created, James and Adam, the founders, were pretty young themselves. And I think they were sort of in this campus college community where they weren't really interacting with many teenagers. Um, they were sort of thinking about themselves and designing a product that was just right for them.
2: You know, the backlash has been growing really through the summer. But the rise in sales has been going on for, you know, maybe 18 months at this point. And Jewel hasn't done things that it could have done perhaps to address teen sales earlier, like they haven't made it harder for people to buy huge volumes of their product at once.
1: Yeah, I found that really interesting, too. You'd think that it would be so easy to say, well, we're not going to sell 100 packs to a single online distributor. Or if we do sell to a vape shop, we're going to kind of keep an eye on how much product we're moving to them. I asked the company about this. And I have to be honest, they didn't have a great answer. So I hope that they're working on that.
2: I mean, the other thing that I thought about was the situation with pods because Juul says it has a big issue with counterfeit pods on the market.
1: Huge issue. You know, that's something that uh, they told me is that they're getting all the heat, they're getting all the backlash for selling pods that are bubblegum-flavored, for example. But actually, Juul doesn't even make a bubblegum-flavored pod. They said that those are coming from counterfeit companies. You know, I spoke to a ton of parents who really were up in arms. Like, how can we trust this company that makes bubblegum flavored pod that's so clearly targeted to a teenager and I told them you know actually Juul doesn't make that that's a counterfeit product and they were really surprised to hear that so you know Juul does have this problem where it's sort of guilty by association and it begs the question when a company is valued over 15 billion dollars like how much of that is their responsibility even if they're not making the product themselves it's still their brand and maybe they need to do more to clamp down on counterfeit products um, one thing I'll tell you quickly is that um, Juul earlier this month just filed a complaint with the U.S. International Trade Commission saying that um, over 15 um, companies, and mainly in China and some in the United States and France, are just blatantly developing and selling products that are counterfeits based on Juul's patented technology. And they're asking the ITC to do way more to stop the import of these products.
2: So as of this taping, Olivia, we're still a few weeks away from the FDA's deadline for Juul to submit those plans for stopping teens from using its product. Uh, how big a threat do you think this co- this investigation could be to the company?
1: I think it's a huge threat. I think it not only um, is hurting morale internally at the company, people are afraid of what will happen, it's stressful, but you know it could really clamp down on their business. If they get rid of flavored pods, that's... Um, a a large revenue source for them and, you know, perhaps people will then end up going to smaller companies that have flavoured pods or they'll just buy the counterfeit ones.
2: Yeah, and ultimately it might be tough for Juul to convince regulators that anything short of eliminating flavours will be enough. That would be a blow for people like Jennifer who think the flavours are the key to helping her quit.
1: Yeah, when I spoke to her she said she believes quitting smoking has really benefited her family that the solution to the problem of teenage youth should involve doing a better job of making sure age restrictions are enforced.
0: It's already illegal for children to smoke or vape. So the only thing you're doing by passing these laws is restricting adult access for people who want to quit. And what about the kids? What about their parents? What about their parents who are dying unnecessarily of tobacco-related illnesses? You know, then what are you going to do with those kids?
1: Meanwhile, doctors and parents like Meredith Berkman want regulators to intervene. They just don't believe that Juul can really be trusted to help solve a problem that it essentially created.
3: The moment is now. If we don't act now, quickly, we will have an entire generation of children addicted to nicotine. Why are you waiting even one more day? Because every day that goes by, more and more teens are becoming addicted.
2: And that's it for this week's Decrypted. Thanks for listening.
1: Do you use Juul or do you know a young person who does? We want to hear from you. You can email us at decrypted at bloomberg.net or I'm on Twitter
2: at Olivia Zaleski. And I'm at Pia Gadkari. If you're a fan of the show, please take a moment to rate and review us. It really helps new listeners find the show.
1: This episode was produced by Pia Gadkari, Magnus Henriksen and Austin Weinstein. Our story editors were Emily Buso and Anne Vandermeer. Thanks also to Brad Stone, Aki Ito, and Liz Smith. Francesca Levy is head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll see you here next week.